0: Merry Christmas, everybody, and thank you for joining me this Monday for our devotion and our Bible reading plan. We are in Revelation chapter 4. While you're turning there, I want to remind you that our reading plan for 2022 is almost over, and we have available at the church our reading plan for 2023 starting on uh, January two and I encourage you to pick up a copy at the church if you've not done so already. We have this uh, bifold which has the reading plan for all of 2023. We also have this bookmark which has the reading plan for January through July. Then in the summer we'll put out another bookmark for the rest of the year. So pick up your copy of the Bible reading plan if you are out of town and not here at our campus you can go to our website and find the reading plan there as well and I encourage you to print out a copy, put it in your Bible and read God's Word with us according to the reading plan. Well, as I mentioned, we are in chapter 4 of Revelation today. In chapter 1, John has this vision of Jesus. In chapters 2 and 3, Jesus gives very specific messages to the seven churches in Asia Minor in what is today Western Turkey, churches that were being persecuted. And today, Uh, Starting in chapter 4, we see the vision that that depicts Jesus and his place in history and our place, how you and I as his people, how the church fits in that plan in in this history. And this vision from chapter 4 forward was for all seven of those churches and it speaks to all of us as well. I want to start just by pointing out a couple of things uh, theologically and from an interpretive standpoint. In verses 1 and 2, he says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, going back to chapter 1, that's Jesus, uh, said, Come up here, and I will show you what, what must take place after these things. And immediately I was in the Spirit just like he was uh, back in chapter one on the island of Patmos when he had the vision of Jesus. He's in the spirit here the same way. Um, And he says, and behold, a throne. What he saw was a throne in heaven, standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. Now, there are some people who teach that those two verses are referring to the rapture of the church. I think that's false. Um, there is nothing in the context, nothing in these verses to say this, this has anything to do with the second coming of Jesus, anything to do with a so-called rapture of the church. It's the same thing that took place in chapter one. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And in chapter one, he heard, turn around, and he saw Jesus. Here he's in the spirit and uh, he sees the throne of heaven. And, and, and the rest of the vision that is recorded in, in Revelation is what he saw. That's all this is. It's just, it's just that's, that's all this is. It's nothing more than that. And, and to make it be some idea of a rapture here in these two verses is to force into this text because of, of something you choose to believe that has absolutely nothing to do with the text. And that is an, that is a poor way to interpret scripture. So just wanted to point that out because some books will say that's referring to the rapture. No, it's not, not even close. Now, when you read all of Revelation 4, what becomes clear in this part of the vision is that heaven is a place of worship. Everybody's worshiping the Lord on the throne. Heaven is first and foremost a place where we and all God created will worship him. But the part that spoke to my heart is verse 11. So let's look at the last verse of chapter 4, verse 11. The uh, 24 elders in verse 10 fall down before the one on the throne and worship him. And what they say, what they cry out in verse 11 is, worthy are you, O Lord, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. Now, here's the part that really spoke to me. For you created all things. You created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. And I got to thinking about that. God created everything. We know that. Genesis 1 Many many places in the Scripture, God is the Creator of the universe, of everything, of humanity. But this verse is saying more than that. Not only is God the one who created all things. In the middle of that, He says, "And because of your will, they existed." It was God. God. It was because of your will that you created the universe, that you created hum- humanity. It was your will. The King James Bible translates that He did that. That God did this because of his pleasure for his by thy pleasure it was created the nlt translates it you created what you pleased so the question i wanted to think about is why did god create everything the universe us, why did God create, it, create everything? Well, in the Old Testament, Isaiah, the prophet, in the 43rd chapter of his prophecy in verse 7, said that, that God says, for my glory, that he created everything for his glory. Here in Revelation four eleven, because of his will, it was what he willed, or the King James, it pleased him, it was for his pleasure, um or the nlt you created what you please the the greek word translated uh will or pleasure in verse 11 is a word it has the idea that that whatever god's will is is what pleases him Okay, whatever God wants is what his will is. Whatever his will is, is what he wants. And what God wants, what God's will is, is what brings him pleasure, what pleases him. And what brings God pleasure gives God glory. And so think about it a minute. God created the universe, created humanity. Why? Because he wanted to. And because he wanted to do it, it was his will. And because it's his will, it pleased him. It it pleased God to create the universe, pleased God to create earth, pleased God to create humanity. And and, and the psalmist says that the heavens declare his glory. What God created, remember in Genesis at the end of creation, it was good, it was good, it was good. At the end of the the final day of creating, it was very good. And so it brings God glory, pleases God. It's what he wanted, and it's his will, therefore. Now, sin scarred all of that. Sin has tainted all of that, the universe. So we have uh, these asteroids that can do damage. We have... um, Cosmic rays that without the ozone can do damage. We have floods and hurricanes and tornadoes. We have cancer and leukemia, and we die. Sin tainted all of it. There's still glory. I mean, there's still enough of 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 what of of the glory of God, the beauty, the pleasure, that, and what God created that it, that it still shows His goodness and His glory, but it's been tainted by sin. Now you and me, who are disciples, we've been rescued from our sin by Jesus, his blood, we've been redeemed, we've been saved. And therefore we, we are to bring him glory. And and the the biblical teaching is is that as we grow spiritually, we become more Christ-like and the more Christ-like we become, the more holy we become, the more we bring glory to God because the closer we get back to that original creation. And so you and I who say we're, we're believers, we're saved, we, by our lives, our words, our attitudes, our decisions are to bring glory to God. He created us to bring glory to Him. He created us because we please Him. And I love the idea that my existence pleases God. God. Your existence pleases God. And therefore, it should please you and it should please me to live in such a way that we please Him, that we bring glory to Him. Do that, and you will celebrate Christmas in a way that puts a smile on the face of God. I'll see you tomorrow.